Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Loving Our Neighbors. 
And um, as the show was titled, uh, Negative Behavior, How to Deal with It, it's basically he's talking about uh, a, a, a negative behavior is more or less a call for love. It's an outcry for love and understanding. And uh, indeed, as spiritual warriors who are seriously interested in uplifting the consciousness of the planet, uh, we must always remember that everyone values love above anything else. And in all circumstances, a person's words and, and their deeds are either exchanges of love or if not that cries for love. And although we can we can easily welcome and, and appreciate uh, expressions of love for, from others, uh, their cries for love can post and you know can pose uh, somewhat of a challenge, and, and these cries can take on a variety of forms. Um, Swami Krishnapati states that, from what I've read some years ago, and it's beginning to crystallize as you reread certain books, you know that you get more of an understanding. And as I've reread the uh, Spiritual Warrior, uh, I've come to understand that. The essence of love, uh, one of the chapters I started with uh, uh, about a month ago was love versus lust. And uh, indeed, those of us who are within the Western Hemisphere, uh, we tend to be indoctrinated uh, to interpret lust, the activities of lust, as to represent love. And of course, uh, uh Swami Krishnapat, he debunks that. Uh, before I go any further, though, there's those of you who may be listening for the first time or have listened before but maybe haven't tuned in uh, with my coverage of Spiritual Warrior. And I just wanted to just uh, give a brief uh, um, overview of uh, Swami Krishnapat's uh, background. Uh, he is now an ancestor. He's no longer with us. And... Uh, I had the pleasure, though, of, of not meeting him, but meeting uh, various friends of his uh, through the community of Ishkan. And um, he was a, a spiritual teacher and author, a, a Princeton graduate and the director of the Institute of Applied Spiritual Technology in Washington, D.C. And he was a specialist in human relations and conflict resolution who had served uh, as an international consultant to diplomats and heads of states and and also the general public for more than 20 years. Uh, some of the heads of states we, he served under, or should I say was a personal consultant and advisor, was Nelson Mandela, President Nelson Mandela of South Africa, and then uh, was close friends with various uh, noted uh, celebrities such as Muhammad Ali and uh, a host of others uh, who um, uh, I don't want to continue to name drop, but... Uh, I was very impressed with his outreach and people who really um, loved him and, and really respected his his input and his knowledge. He was also a very powerful speaker and an, an inspiring role model uh, to many of those uh, throughout the uh, community of the world. And he toured the world uh, very con you know, constantly, very often, and offering his message of love, service, and also community consciousness to the people of all nationalities, races, and creeds. So um, this thought I'd share a little bit with you about uh, uh, Swami Krishnapad's uh, background. And uh, I will continue to cover the area which he 
found to be very, very uh, important in terms of how we respond to uh, the negative energy of others who uh, come into our life. He talks about uh, the the response to basically remain centered and to at all times radiate loving energy. And you're doing, you do this by refusing to get involved in arguments because we're all unwilling to take the offered bait and, and our would-be opponent may back off, of course. Uh, no one likes to feel ineffective. Aggressive people generally feel foolish if their negative behavior has no impact, and they stop it quickly for the most part. But in contrast, if we react to someone's attack by attacking in return, we will then experience great tension and anxiety. Uh, the other person has already defeated us because we have agreed to abandon our higher principles to participate in a hurtful game. And such a reaction demonstrates that we still have much work to uh, to do on ourselves. Again, uh, we happen to be in a culture which actually promotes uh, conflict, promotes arguing, promotes uh, the one-upmanship or the one-upwomanship uh, 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 you know, it's just a thing that we have to be very cognizant about in terms of how we have been conditioned. I must take a pause now. My wife uh, just walked into the studio. How are you doing, hon? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. It's good to see you. Good to have you with us. Um, yeah, as you heard me, I was talking about uh, conflict and uh, and arguing and so forth. And, and uh, that's something that, of course, any relationship has uh, a, a, a challenge to deal with. And, of course, we can deal with the lower self-orientation of how to engage in arguing, how to engage in conflict, uh, and also a difference of opinions. It can be either oriented to your lower self or to your higher self, higher self being that you're dealing from your heart and, and not from uh, a lower level of your body in terms of the emotion. Um, and then, of course, your heart and your brain, for that matter. Um, so when you're doing that, it's more easier to be in the mode of love as opposed to in the mode of fear or hate. So, uh, indeed, I, I would just like to just reemphasize the fact that, uh, one, as Swami Krishnapat was mentioning, uh, one should not give in and abandon your higher principles who participate in a hurtful game. Uh, and again, he was stating that such a reaction demonstrates that we still have much work to, uh, to do on ourselves. Uh, also, a third way to respond to attack is to demonstrate to the aggressor how much we care. Even if the, uh, uh, the individual rejects our efforts, we will feel better because the love and generosity we have offered uh, becomes part of our own experience. And obviously, if we become angry and disturbed, we have not helped anyone, least of all ourselves. And when we offer genuine love, not only are we calming the other person's disturbance, but we are also offering a remedy for the, uh, the deficits that caused the upset in the first place. When we respond calmly and lovingly without reacting, we prevent the other from causing harm and also serve as a role model. Demonstrating alternative ways to function 
by doing this, we also remember that spiritual warriors do not merely seek to protect themselves. They also want to elevate consciousness and offer help. Whenever they do so, they are improving the level of consciousness in the world. If we are afraid of being exploited, we may have trouble responding constructively. Instead, we will simply expect others to treat us as we have treated them. Cheaters worry about being cheated, just as thieves fear becoming the victims of theft. And in contrast, spiritual warriors draw love from their surroundings, no matter where they are, reinforcing the positive vibrations that are already present and helping those, uh, helping these to uh, increase. Uh, I think of a, a, a book that I read some while ago, authored by Deepak Chopra, and he, he has at the beginning of the book a, a, a excerpt, uh, or should I say a quote, um, well, not a quote, but a, a discussion that was being held between a, uh, a guru, a master, and his disciple, a young young boy, I think it was, and the boy says, Master, um, could you tell me why uh, there are wars? Why do people fight and, and kill one another? Why do we have to have war in our, in, in our life and in the history of man and you know, mankind? And um, the, uh, the guru pondered for a moment and very carefully thought the words out uh, in terms of his response. And he said, well... Um, my young, uh, uh, my young devotee, have you ever had an ill feeling towards someone, uh, or just thoughts of, irre- of, of refuting and responding to someone who said negative words and said something bad about you and made you angry? And, and the uh, devotee responded by saying, yes, Master, uh, uh, I've done that in the past. I think, isn't that natural? Someone wants to harm you with their words and make you feel bad. Um, you would want to, you know, respond in kind. And I try not to, but I do it every now and then. Well, the master says, "Aha!" He says, "Yes, indeed. Until you understand that your participation is affecting the, the consciousness of the world presently and in the past, it has carried over to the present moment, and also." it has the possibilities of carrying over into the future, that particular energy, uh, as it were. So those of us who uh, do not realize that uh, things begin with the thought, and, and, and a thought creates the energy within the brain, within the in, inside of us to come up with an action, uh, to evoke an action, as it were. And those actions can be uh, really a pit downward. We have in our community, various communities have different expressions, but we have what we call the dirty dozens, uh, which is practiced within uh, the uh, those of us of African descent. Uh, and perhaps in other cultures as well. It's not just given the same term. But uh, you know, one of the reasons why the dirty dozens came into such a, a – was came so popular was because – it was told to the youngsters, you learn how to, you have to learn how to develop a thick skin. And, of course, uh, one of the ways, the games that we played amongst ourselves was to help each other develop a thick skin. Um, people would talk about each other's mother in a very derogatory way. And, 
that will uh, take some people into a definite uh, state of uh, dis-ease and anger, at least dis-ease, by having someone speak harm, harmful words or uh, hateful words and lying uh, words about one's mother. Uh, who can be more dear to you? And, of course, uh, you were showed uh, that, indeed, you should not respond with any negative response, any hurtful response, because then you show that you have thin-skinned and that you were weak. And then also you were taught to, uh, uh, to respond in kind and to talk about that person's mother. Well, indeed, it doesn't take uh, a, a, a master's in, in sociology of psychology to understand that the ramifications of this type of behavior can be something that can be very detrimental to one's uh, well-being as you get older, because you might not grow up into as an adult to start talking about someone's mother, but of course you start uh, throwing uh, that words of 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 hurt and, and hate towards other adults and talking about them directly. And, of course, we know the, uh, the rest of the story. Many fights have ensued as a result of that. And, of course, those fights can be uh, on a one-to-one -one level, uh, a group level, family, a territorial level in terms of community, and then, of course, from community into a country, conflict of, of countries being in conflict with one another. And that could have just started just from someone um, talking about another person's family relative or disrespecting that family. Many wars have been fought because of that. So it says something to uh, understand that uh, as you take the high road, that you're able to uh, not be part of the uh, problem and to be part of the solution, as our dear uh, brother, uh, Hajj Malik Shabazz Malcolm X, so eloquently stated, uh, when he was alive, and it resonated with me for the rest of my life, um, that I decided I wanted to be part of the solution on whatever level I could and what, whatever degree that I could uh, be part of the solution. So I just, I just thought I'd share that, uh, that anecdote with you uh, about the, um, the guru and his devotee. Uh, so one must be mindful of one's words. And you don't have to actually necessarily speak those words to a person just by you thinking those thoughts to that person that you perceive has hurt you can also be detrimental, just as well as it can be beneficial for you to say a prayer for someone. They don't have to hear you saying the prayer. They don't have to hear you evoking uh, affirmations of love and peace and health towards them and their family, but it can have a, uh, a, re a result, uh, a positive result uh, in terms of uh, uh, the, the affirmations and those energies that you send out. So indeed, what you send out will come back to you. What goes around comes around. Um, energy responds and like. So I just thought I'd share that with you, and uh, of course, I welcome those of you who are in the chat room or who are calling in or uh, who listen to this program on the archives, to feel free to email me or to wait for the next show. And, of course, 
even though the subject matter, the title of the show might not be what it is this evening, you can feel feel free to bring up your uh, the the the, uh, the contents of this show and to make a statement or a comment. Uh, we're always looking forward to dialogue, continued dialogue about those areas of thought and and um, and contemplations of uh, our show that you feel warrant to be discussed. So I'm going to take a, a short break right now, and when I return, uh, we will continue um, talking about the essence of dealing with uh, negativity, negative behavior. more so than higher self, 
if it's not monitored, if we don't watch ourselves. Indeed, uh, within our culture, the Western culture, we have various sports from football to baseball to hockey, um, even boxing for that matter. These sports can be very violent, uh, so violent that people actually have been known to die, to, uh, to be permanently uh, injured uh, from these sports. And then, of course, the spectators, there seems to be a license in terms of us being able to curse uh, at each other, curse each other out, uh, calling each other derogative names, grown men being called boys, and so forth, uh, you know, uh, uh, being called the name which will describe the man as being a woman, for that matter. And uh, there's, there's a certain sexist expression in that, as a matter of fact, uh, because of the fact that uh, it's implying that women are not strong. So that's uh, very sexist, and of course we know that women are very strong. Um, all of us were born from the strength of a woman uh, to give birth. So, you know, there's this something that we have to do in terms of being honest, to understand that uh, those of us who claim to be intelligent, who claim to be informed, to really take a strong look at themselves in terms of how we engage in uh, negative energy, negative energy from other people. And if we are participants of that negative energy, negative energy we definitely have to begin to learn how to place ourselves in check. Uh, when we respond calmly and, and lovingly without reacting, we prevent the other from causing harm and also serve as a role model. If we are afraid of being exploited, we may have trouble responding constructively. Instead, we will simply expect others to treat us as we have treated them. And as I stated earlier, cheaters worry about being cheated and thieves fear becoming victims of theft. Uh, dealing with racism, nationalism, nationalism, and genderism, uh, Swami states that a particular widespread aspect of negative behavior in the world today takes the form of racism, nationalism, and sexism. Many members of modern society are filled with hatred towards those unlike themselves. But he says, as spiritual warriors, we must not react negatively to the disrespect and injustices perpetuated by prejudiced people. Remember, we cannot fight successfully on a battlefield if we are angry. We lose clarity and dexterity. Our anger, frustration, and despair can also cause serious disease or dysfunction in our own bodies. And finally, if we are filled with negative emotions, those feelings will spill over into our relationships particularly with those we care about the most. But this does not mean that we should simply deny the existence of racial and nationalistic and sexist behavior by trying to pretend that everything is in order. As human beings, we require some measure of self-protection. We must refuse to allow ourselves to be victimized by prejudice, remembering that if others see us in racial, nationalistic, and sexist ways that reflects our own level of consciousness. And even violently prejudiced people are children of God who are, have temporarily forgotten their true identity. We should feel sad for such persons because by being inhuman to others, they are destroying their own humanity. Our approach should be to love the person, the soul, that is, which is the true essence of the person, but not the actions. And in this way, 
Without condoning destructive behavior, we can remain true to our mission of serving others by being living demonstrations of love in action. And he goes on to state that by developing meaningful service, although spiritual warriors do not seek any material reward, many of us have not yet attained a sufficient level of selflessness to practice such altruism regularly. Some egotistical motivation is usually involved in our helping others. This is not all bad, but if we help children in a daycare center, assist battered women, or feed the hungry, we are engaged in constructive action. There is nothing inherently wrong with our desire for praise. And this longing for recognition is simply a, um, a step along the path of learning to offer everything to God. The problem, though, is that we cannot always count upon the outcome we want. Sometimes we may not get the credit we think we deserve, or our actions may, you know, upset others. And if we base our willingness to help others on explanations of praise and recognition, we may abandon our efforts as soon as we stop receiving acknowledgement. Whenever we find that we are attached to appreciation from others, we should not give up our activities. We should continue making every attempt within our consciousness to offer the fruits of our labor to the Lord. After all, even if no one acknowledges our contributions, God knows about them. Our job is to offer the best we can regardless of the consequences. And he also states that remember, too, that real conscious raising is not based on how well we plan and organize activities. Although these functions provide an important supportive framework, at the core of our service, beyond our structure, must be a loving concern for others. Countless people have begun humanitarian or spiritual work with good intentions, only to be caught up in the bureaucracy that they forgot they, their original purpose. They become attached to fame and distinction, or they become jaded, treating people like cogs in a machine. They work no longer, their work no longer uplifts consciousness and so loses its ultimate value. The more we help others selflessly, the more the Lord bestows blessings upon us. Even if outwardly our efforts appear to be unsuccessful, remember, as spiritual warriors, we are ultimately concerned with uplifting consciousness rather than with improving material well-being. We cannot measure the value of our work by the extent of our physical accomplishments. Instead, our success depends upon the amount of conscious raising that occurs because of our actions. It is far better to affect one person deeply than to try to touch many per people in a superficial way. The changes that occur in that one individual will have a greater impact on the collective consciousness of the planet than slight alterations in the lifestyle of scores of others. And sometimes the simplest actions can affect another person's level of consciousness. A warm embrace, a kind comment, or a loving smile, we can all make efforts to uplift others in these complicated, or should I say these uncomplicated ways, no matter what our circumstance and regardless of our skill level. So I must say that uh, there's something to say about uh, uh, giving and, and not expecting anything in return, giving unselfishly, um, giving in a selfless manner. And, of course, though, we all have to pay rent or mortgage or buy food and clothe ourselves. Um, we have obligations. And, of course, 
uh, that should not supersede, uh, the giving should not supersede that. However, whenever possible, whenever we're able to give, we should do that. And uh, even if it's through the essence of tithing, I know that's something that my wife and I talk about uh, off and on. As a matter of fact, one morning we were looking at a show that discussed that. But tithing doesn't have to be with money. Money is, as I've mentioned, shows in the past is congealed energy. And uh, that energy can be given uh, in various ways. And, of course, there's an expression today called pay it forward. So uh, even if we give in that with intent of paying it forward, if the person wants to repay us, you can also say, do you have to pay me, you know, pay me back? You can just give that same energy, do a favor for someone else. And, of course, if that's something that's uh, done, the world would be a better place. And we must say, though, that there are certain communities which that is something that's been done for many, many years. They've always paid it for it to each other. So uh, those of us who lack that in our family, within our community, um, it would be great if we could be the first amongst them to uh, to exercise this particular type of uh, habit of giving and serving. So uh, I'm going to take another break, and when I come back, we will continue. dimensions of experience. 
They express a love that is sufficiently strong and deep to serve as an inspiration to everyone and to prevent the negativity of others from penetrating their own consciousness. In other words, those who are transcendental experience life above and beyond the mundane activities of the everyday world, and they remain loving even when the environment is not, and and thereby uplift the general consciousness of the planet. He says that being transcendental does not necessarily mean being sweet and gentle, and it does not mean staying in a relationship no matter what. That is a misunderstanding. When we are transcendental, negative people will either change in response to us or feel sufficiently disturbed to leave us alone. In some cases, we may choose to keep ourselves away from them. We should always be ready to help, however. But if others consistently reject our assistance, we may eventually decide to go away, calm in the assurance that we have done our utmost to extend love. Remaining in a hurtful situation is often an invitation to be exploited. It makes no sense to continue giving our time and energy to those who cannot or will not reciprocate. As long as they see that we do not object, they will continue their unacceptable behavior. The more we demonstrate our care and concern for such people, the more they think we are weak and will, and will so will continue to take advantage of us. If we tolerate such actions, we are reinforcing their error. To end the mistreatment, we must have to remove ourselves, or should I say we may have to remove ourselves from the scene and love the person at a distance. This does not mean that we stop offering unconditional love. On the contrary, we are expressing our love. It is an act of love to prevent the other person from accumulating more negative karma, which we accomplish by making ourselves unavailable for misuse. And he he also states that, you know, becoming transcendental, of course, is not easy. As we persist in our spiritual practices, great challenges and temptations will arise. Uh, That is how the material universe operates. And as we grow spiritually, gradually escaping the domain of illusion, the material energy clings to us intensely and refuses to let us go without a fight. And that is why we must keep the goal in mind as we progress along the spiritual path. When the way becomes difficult, our focus on the end results uh, helps keep us moving forward. We should never depend on our own strength and intelligence in our struggle with material illusion because uh, the, the material energy is stronger than any of us. Instead, we must rely on the Lord, praises be upon, who resides in the super soul and the heart of every living being and offers all kinds of assistance when we make ourselves available. If no hope seems forthcoming, it is because we lack the faith to understand how personally the Lord is monitoring and assisting us. We are risking a fall whenever we try to use our own strength to master lust and temptation. It is just a matter of time before we experience a situation we cannot handle. But if we realize the constant danger and remain watchful, our attentiveness will keep us from falling into the grip of illusion. 
the problem arises when we fail to take temptation seriously and so relax our vigilance. Spiritual people mainly fell for two reasons, money and sex. Lust for money causes many spiritual people to give up their integrity and in the face of economic problems, misuse of money can become an enticement. In addition, as we have seen, the pervasiveness of lust in this society causes many people to misinterpret loving behavior as an invitation for sexual contact. Many lonely individuals will deny their higher understanding in order to gain any taste of love, even if merely on a physical level. As we become conduits for loving energy, our relationships become more profound. We become less eager to manipulate others to satisfy our own appetites because we have developed sufficient inner strength to understand who we are, what the soul is, and how we relate to God. We no longer seek ultimate fulfillment in the material world. So um, that says a lot in terms of uh, the essence of us remaining steadfast um, in our quest to be transcendental, to rise above the illusion of the material world. Uh, We have a question and answer uh, portion that I just wanted to share um, and the question was, the question says, my son thinks I criticize him too much. Is there a difference between being critical and being judgmental? Uh, the Swami responds by saying, it is a matter of consciousness. If your son is not taking care of himself or not being serious about his, his uh, studies and homework, you should, you should be a stickler. It is your responsibility to monitor his well-being. Even though he may prefer to play 18 hours a day, your role is to assist and encourage him. And in order for you to fulfill this role properly, some evaluation is necessary. But even as you try to help your son, you must also respect his individuality and independence. Be careful not to make him an extension of yourself. Talking down to a child, even though your intentions are good, may provoke resistance and resentment. And sometimes when you share something with him, he may perceive you as critical and dismiss, uh, and dismiss your feedback. Yet, if you see a need, you must be eager to offer yourself no matter how he responds. If he resists or feels attacked, then you can try to fill the same need in a more palatable way. Parents must always be vigilant and yet not so overbearing that they psychologically hurt their children. Parents have the responsibility to protect, monitor, and teach and guide. That is all. If you notice that your son is not dressed properly, out of concern for his well-being, you tell him to change his pants. You are not critical, not just practical. You may want him to be careful when he rides his bicycle. You are not doing your part to guarantee his safety, but you are not attacking him or blaming him. You may not always appreciate your mo- he may not always appreciate your monitoring, but as a concerned parent, you must always be ready to give him your love, support, and guidance. And offering your feedback is part of our responsibility as parents. Indeed, a parent who does not intervene when necessary either does not care or is too afraid of what the child may think. So I like what he said earlier uh, about just something as mundane as the way the child wears his pants or what type of pants 
uh, the boy might be wearing, and for that matter, girls wearing certain dresses and certain garments that really are not appropriate. Unfortunately, though, we have some parents who need parenting, some parents who are being parented by their children. And what I mean by that, they are being instructed by their children in terms of how they should behave. A lot of that stems not only from uh, uh, the fear of hurting the children's feeling or being uh, having the response from the child to be something that is negative, but uh, also I think the, the essence of fear, fear of love uh, and also the fear of death, which takes on the mode of the fear of aging. So we have many parents who want to appear to be young because they don't want to appear as if they're aging. And by them doing that, by appearing to be young, uh, they unfortunately uh, send the wrong message to their child. So uh, is this a lot to say about uh, how we engage in our, with our children and also how we're being truthful with them? Uh, I know myself as a young man, I dressed inappropriately from what I would say now as I reflect back to them. I knew that we were wearing bell-bottom pants that were very tightly fitted um, from the uh, thighs on up, you know, and, and we thought that that was uh, the, the, the proper way of dressing because it made us seem to be very sexy, very appealing to the opposite sex, um, very classy, and, of course, uh, it wasn't really practical because those pants were so tight that whenever you stooped down, invariably, if you had the pants for a number of uh, months, they would split because they were too tight. And, of course, that would happen sometimes at the very in most inappropriate time and inconvenient time. So uh, we have our youth today who wear their pants very loosely. Uh, I'm not so much wearing them under the waist, showing their behind, but I'm talking about the, band, the pants are very baggy. Back then in, in, in my teenage years, if you wore baggy pants, you were uh, laughed at. And, of course, they were, were told that they were hand-me-downs. So, uh, indeed, they were very practical. We have brothers and sisters, and, and, but mainly the brothers uh, in Africa. And I must say also women, not only in Africa but also in India. The pants are very loosely, they loosely fit very so-called baggy. They room, they have air to flow through. And, of course, that's practical, practical because of the weather. It is very hot, you know, so you don't need clothes that are very tight and clinging to your skin. You, you want your, the, the clothes to breathe so that your skin can breathe, which is the longest, largest organ on our body. So there's a lot to say about um, uh, how we reprimand our children, how we teach them, how we give them guidance. We must do it in a, in a way that is very compassionate, and that compassion is can be evoked by or shared by telling them that you are not perfect in your young years, that your parents also had issues with you in terms of how you dress and how you behave, and then give them a story in terms of how you were able to uh, go through a transition, uh, how you develop those aha moments in terms of, oh, yes, now I understand what my parent was talking about. Now I understand what another elder was talking about, an auntie or an uncle or an older sibling. So uh, I always use the expression, each one, reach one, teach one. Uh, 
We all are teachers, and of course, we all are students. Once you stop being a student, then you stop being a teacher. So uh, let's indeed embrace our children with love, number one, and compassion, foremost. I repeat that. Let's embrace our children with love and compassion so that indeed we can reverse the negative energy that has permeated uh, our community throughout the world, especially throughout the African diaspora. Um, so I'm going to take another brief break. We have about another 11 minutes remaining in the show. And again, I thank you for uh, sharing your Sunday evening with us. within three to seven days. 
I used it as well, and so I'm able to attest to the right. benefits of the product. My website, where you can purchase it securely, is www.spiritchange.com, and you can purchase the product securely using PayPal. So we don't we don't know your credit card information. We never get to see it. You'd be purchasing by PayPal. And if you have any questions about the product, feel free to fill out the contact page on my website, or you can email me directly at spiritchange at spiritchange.com. And I wish you all love, blessings, and health. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Shanda. Yes, indeed. Very, very effective product, uh, the diabetic solution. And uh, I also would like to share with you my website, which is... Uh, uh, www.drumsofchange.com. I repeat, that's drumsofchange.com. And for those of you who do not have a drum in the home, uh, specifically a African drum, uh, to go to my website, I have a link. Uh, I have a drum store which you can uh, go to to purchase drums at a very reasonable rates, uh, price points. And uh, some of them are even delivered free of charge. It's free shipping. Uh, price points as low as $19 a drum. So uh, it is my contention that every home should have a drum, especially for our children, so that there can be a, um, a platform or a, a, a area of discussion about the rich, rich history of Africa uh, in terms of Africa uh, the culture, the spiritual traditions, spiritual rituals, and, of course, honoring our ancestors uh, via the drum. And uh, through the drum, uh, there can be, through this history being shared, uh, that there can be a higher uh, a raising of self-esteem and higher consciousness, thusly love being within the family and also emulating from that child and from that in adult so, and creating, uh, should I say, um, uh, decreasing the, the distance, um, the separation of the elder from the child, from the parent from the child, and, of course, siblings amongst themselves. The drum can do wonders. It's, it is a, um, uh, an instrument that is one of the first instruments, if not the first instrument. And, of course, rhythm is something that is inherent upon our psyche, the first rhythm that we hear is the beat of our mother's heartbeat. And uh, so it doesn't, that's just a universal, worldwide, global instinct that we have is to be attracted to the drum. So, um, uh, again, I thank you for tuning in. And we have about five minutes left. And uh, next week we're going to talk more about uh, health uh, issues and um, remedies. And I just wanted to mention that he, uh, Krishna Park, uh Swami talked about the meaning of compassion uh, and the necessary for passion to be spontaneous and also that passion to not be given in a condescending way. Um, we must pride ourselves if we are able to master how to be compassionate and also how not to be condescending to those who we perceive to be less knowledgeable than we are or less fortunate and less aware. Because you will, as you have that 
emanating from you, the condescension and the looking down, you can best believe that you will run into someone who will do the same to you. So as you give, so shall, so shall you receive. Um, and, of course, he states that it requires a lot of courage. Uh, compassion goes beyond the ideas of I and mine and transcends notions of uh, material comfort and security. When we practice compassion, we have no interest in power of any kind, not even psyche or mystic power. Forgetful of ourselves and indifferent to personal loss and gain, we feel the suffering of others so deeply within our own hearts that we, de we dedicate ourselves to doing something about it. And this requires great courage um, and compassion. So uh, what, what my wife ex exemplifies and I in some ways as well, but this talked about the diabetes. You know, she challenged uh, diabetes. She did not succumb to it and give in to it, and, and she's cured herself with the help of the Most High and, of course, with the help of uh, uh, others who assisted her from a medicinal level and in information, and myself, as she states, thank you, honey, I do the best I can. Um, but uh, with that gift and with that mercy, she has transformed that energy into compassion for others. So she gives this information not for self-gain. She gives it freely, you know, and, uh, and of course, she sells the solution, uh, this tonic, this uh, elixir, uh, this healing uh, element called diabetes solution. But she gives information. She uh, shares it through Facebook, uh, word of mouth, face-to-face. -face. She has workshops that she conducts. Of course, go to her website, uh, spiritchange.com, and of course, the online website for the solution, which is www.thenewdiabetessolution.com. Uh, I repeat that, thenewdiabetessolution.com, and the other site is www.spiritchange.com. So, uh, Again, uh, it was a pleasure, and this ends our show this evening. And uh, I, I would like to to definitely uh, end the the show by giving praise uh, to the Most High. Um, we give this evening to you, and we ask that our minds, with your assistance, stay centered on the things of spirit and goodness. And may we not be tempted to stray from love. And as we begin this week, we open to receive you. We ask that you please enter where you already abide. And may our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks that we all wear and the illusions. 90 seconds. We surrender to you our doings this evening, and we ask only that they continue to serve you. Again, I thank everyone for tuning in. I wish thee, I wish thee uh, farewell, namaste, assalamu alaikum, shalom, peace and love to you all, and have a great, joyful, and blessed week.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.